Hey, you guys, welcome back to the Takes It Took. Guys, this is episode number 20. 20 episodes? That's how long we've been doing this. 20 episodes. And this is just the beginning. This is episode number 20 of the Takes a Took a Movie podcast. Thank you, guys. We're into it. Um, guys? Hey, you guys. Okay, hold on. Actually, real brief. Hey, you guys. Oh, shoot. What? Shoot. They beat you This is, it? no, I was going to say, okay, we'll do this real brief, real brief, like incredibly quick. Oscar nominations are out. Oscar nominations. Um, they've been out for a little bit been by out the time this is released. Uh, for a little bit. Everything, yeah. everywhere, all at once. Fucking crushing the nominations. Everything has the most nominations. 11. Banshees of Inishirin coming in at a strong 9, mm-hmm. which is phenomenal. 9-11? Uh, yeah, and uh, we also have <laughs> um, Brendan Fraser nominated. Mm-hmm. For best actor. Best, best actor, as well as Austin support- Butler. Oh. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. That's, nothing that's for a, Nope. Nothing for Nope. Nothing for Decision to Leave. You nothing know, I would, for Woman King. I would say, oh my God, really? Nothing for Nope? I, but I didn't see Nope. So. I, I, I haven't seen it yet either. But from what I've heard, it's I think really, it should have gotten something. But, but I haven't seen nope. it. So I'm a hypocrite, I guess. I don't know. Uh, oh. All right, now before we get into today, before we get into today's episode, what movies have you guys seen recently? Let's uh, knock this. Miles, go. Make it quick. Boots and boots. How was it? Mm, good. I want to see it. Nice. It seems yeah. good. Uh, look at my IMDb, uh, not IMDb, Letterbox review for it. Basically, I just say that it's a really good story. It's funny. Death Miles, is, dog kicker confirmed. Yeah. Death is a good character, but I would kick the shit out of that emotional support dog. I want to kick him in his fucking mouth. And uh, I am in love with this new age of animation. Feline cats? Oh, okay. Yeah. And feline cats, yeah. I've been seeing a lot of memes about Avatar, you know, working for a decade on it. And this new one coming out with the Oscar nominations and then Puss in Boots just like sliding in. Slide in. Yeah. like, hi. Funny Oscar animated nominated. cat video. Sup, fuckers. Yeah, it's I know. Poos and Boots. I will say, yeah. I got people PTSD. are like, oh, Avatar, you know, and Poos and Boots comes in is better. Uh, Avatar has made at this point over $2 billion. Yeah, it, they made yeah, their... It is their not bit. rated as well, but they um have made it. Mm-hmm. All right, Stefan, what have you seen recently? Uh, I watched a cult classic film called Face Off. Oh! Um... With Nicolas Cage and John Travolta. Boy, oh boy, what a goofy, wacky time. I've never seen so many slow-mo shots in my life. <laughs> Unnecessarily. It's, it's, it's great to just see... Magnet prison Two boots. crazy men be two crazy men. The magnet boots... I don't understand the con- why, why they had the magnet boots. Because they don't use them that much. They just kind of have the magnet boots. But anyways, the premise of the film is that um, in order to infiltrate prison and get the bad guy's brother's secret as to where he planted a bomb he needs to go into prison with the face of the criminal and then the criminal steals our good guy's face and so they have switched places and they are face off and then uh nicholas cage again this is obviously not a visual medium but they're doing the motion that yeah. nick cage well okay john travolta as nick cage does yes face off. and so and then uh nicholas cage 
who's actually John Travolta's character breaks out and has to, you know, um, save the day and redeem himself and his wife's involved. It's which a goofy ass time. I just want to note, you know, it's a cool idea, but Stefan, Mariah, if you guys swapped faces, <laughs> I wouldn't look at you and be like, oh, wow. Hey, Stefan, how's it going? It like, funny. what? Mariah, why is your face on Stefan's body? <laughs> yeah, there's a. Whenever they have movies like this and they do a bit something like this and people are just oblivious, it was like, even if, if someone looked exactly like Mariah, but they didn't act like Mariah, I would know immediately. If Mariah came in like she had just done Coke for the first time, I'd be like, what's wrong with you? Why are you like this? Why are you doing this? Well, she's like, the whole body type doesn't change. It's just the face. I, no, do, the- I do think in the movie, they, they do say they changed the oh, body. Really? Yeah, yeah, they, they were like, mm-hmm. oh, we're going to trim off some of your fat and like blah, 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 yeah, blah. Yeah, and blah. give you like the chest hair and stuff. Uh, yeah. yeah. But but the mannerisms, you know? The mannerisms like he, do be He comes home to his wife who, you know, he's been married with for, I don't know, 20 years or something. And then all of a sudden, he's like the cool bad guy. And he's like, oh, babe. And then he goes to his daughter and he's like, take this. And he hands her like a butterfly knife. And they're like, oh, wow, dad's cool now. Okay. If my father did, did that... I would be so alarmed. Anyways, it's a wild movie. There's a bit at the end where they get in boats and me and Mariah were watching and we went, man, boat chases are pretty lame. I can't believe they're ending it on this. And then by the end of the boat chase, we we're like, that was pretty cool. Yep. <laughs> that was really okay. cool. Yeah. I was like, it's All a right, really neat stuff. I'll give the them that. But if you like crazy faces, watch the movie. All right. Well, the movie that I saw recently, I watched for the first time, Shawshank Redemption. I don't really have much to say on this besides, yeah, it's fucking great. Five out of five stars see it if you haven't don't yell at me for not having seen it sooner um but the one i wanted to talk about a little bit more in depth was um saw the whale and unfortunately it was not as good as i wanted it to be yes i saw yes which i mean seeing reviews i was kind of scared that that's how it was gonna be and of course brendan fraser knocks it out of the park he's phenomenal i think he deserves to be nominated for that oscar if he wins i'd be very happy for him um, the makeup and visual effects, very cool. However, I feel like some elements of the story were lacking. And unfortunately, I think Sadie Sink is a good actress, but she is frankly an unbearable character. The character Damn. in this movie, just, ugh. it. She is like just an absolutely stereotypical angsty teen who like is like, worse. you don't understand me, dad. Plops down in the chair, turns on her phone. Dad, like, you just don't get it yeah and, and i mean then, it's just like that the just whole time cruel yeah she's, she's incredibly cruel and evil <laughs> brendan fraser's like trying to find the beauty in it i'm like i get that as a parent but yeah she's like blackmailing people like she's horrible where it where i feel like all the other characters are trying really hard to be sort of these authentic people and then she's like a caricature yeah so she just i mean she just we were, doesn't like fit in with with she's gonna fucking roll up with a quarter Ask you what the most you've lost on a deal is. What's what's the most you've ever lost on a box of pizza? But yeah, I mean, anytime she was in a scene, it just kind of sucked. Unfortunately, in my opinion, again, I think she's a good actress. Mm-hmm. I think the fact is that that character was written by an older man and was directed by an older man, and so their view of what an angsty teen is like is somewhat skewed, and so it was not very accurate, in my opinion. And that was a real bummer. So. Shout out to old white men. Hell yeah. Anyway, so that's that's what I thought. I think the three Oscar nominations that I got were what were the strongest things. Actor, supporting actress, and makeup. But um, 
yeah, unfortunately, I think if Sadie Singh's character as the daughter had been written better, mm. it would have been more enjoyable. But mm. that's all I have to say about that. Well, here's a movie that we have all watched. Yes. The Goonies. The Goonies. Well, today we were talking about the 1985 kids adventure classic that is The Goonies, directed by Richard Donner and kind of Steven Spielberg, but we'll get into that later. Starring a bunch of kid actors that we all know, and I'll get into them later as well, and who they are. But before we begin, can I get a summary from you two goons? So at the beginning of the movie, a family of really ugly people break oh. out of prison. No, <laughs> jail. Um, and then they escape out of the small town of Astoria, and they hide out in an abandoned restaurant. And then in the meantime, a bunch of kids and uh, one of the kids' older brother, uh, they find a treasure map in their attic. And and then they're pouting and they're sad because all oh, the 1% are going to come and they're going to tear down their house for a golf course on the, the neighborhood. Uh, they're going to tear down the whole neighborhood for a golf course on the northern coast of Oregon where it rains all the time. I don't know why you'd put a golf course there, but they want to save their homes. So they, they find this treasure map and they go, we're going to find the treasure. They tie up the older brother so he can't follow him. He follows him on a little kid bike and then a... Uh, a uh, metrosexual man in a car tries to kill him by grabbing his arm while he's on the bike and then and then throwing him off a hill. Yeah, when watching Attempted it, murder. I was definitely like, he murdered him. He, I'm he surprised he came out of that well as well as he did. Tried um, to murder him. But then the brother, as well as two girls, uh, Steph and... Andy. Andy. Steph and Andy. Meet up with the whole group. And then the boys run into... The ugly people, the Fratellis, who are held out in the restaurant, and then they end up getting into the tunnels below the restaurant, and uh, and then Chunk meets Sloth, who was dropped many times on his head as an infant, but he has a hell of a rockin' bod. <laughs> All right, Miles. Okay. Um, so they go through a couple of the trials and tribulations set up by One-Eyed Willie. Um, mouth says some annoying shit, and I want to beat the shit out of mouth. I want to slap. <laughs> yeah, that I like when kid. when he needs to pee, and he's pouring the glasses, and he goes, "Hey, Mikey, you gotta pee!" As they're like <laughs> being threatened with their lives at the same time. It's really funny. Just at no point did I ever like mouth, except uh, for the one part where he's like, "Oh, my wish didn't come true. This is my quarter." And then I was like, slightly redeemable. And then after that, right back to hating mouth. But they go through all the trials and tribulations. They get to One Eyed Willie's ship. But the Fratellis, right? Fratellis? Mm -hmm. Fratellis, yes. Fratellis are right behind them, and they show up, and they go, fuck you, kids, go up and walk the plank and go swim in the water, I guess. It's right down below, and we're not going to, like, worry about anything past that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but then Sloth and Chunk come in to save the day, and then mm -hmm. Sloth presumably dies, but then he doesn't. I thought he was going to die. Yeah, he does a bit kind of like in the Bionicle Mask of Light movie where he's uh -huh. holding up a boulder and everyone runs past and then the boulder falls on him. Yeah. Similar to what? The Bionicle Mask of Light movie. Mm, okay. Oh, have you not seen the Bionicle have Light of Mask movie? Have you not seen the Bionicle Mask of Light movie? No, I haven't. Uh, really, I thought Goonies kind of ripped off the whole... I kind of it. thought the Goonies ripped off the Bionicle Mask of Light movie. Yeah, I think so too. Anyways. But, yeah, and then the kids... And then... Together, together, the kids, the kids escape, escape and, and are reunited with their family. family. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 uh, yeah, 
Yeah, and then it's it's all fine, and they tell the rich people to go fuck off. And then um, Chunk decides he's going to raise Sloth <laughs> and makes that executive <laughs> decision for his mom. You're going to come live with me now. You are my blood brother. <laughs> also, something I wanted to mention was there's a bit where Mouth, who can speak fluent Spanish, makes fun of the maid. Not necessarily makes fun of the maid, but mistranslates information to the maid. Yeah. Which also, if you're low on money and you're going to lose your home, maybe don't spend money on a maid. Why are they doing that? I don't know. Because they need help moving, I guess. They need help I don't know. moving. I guess. And all that Anyways. free labor from the kids is. I mean, you can't let Chunk near any of your stuff. He's just going to break it. No. Or eat it. All right. Anyway, that's the movie. Bunch of kids try to find treasure. Just a bunch of kids trying to find treasure. To save just, uh, just to their, find their neighborhood. Find In a very treasure. beautiful. Try to find treasure. Oh, try to find oh. treasure. Oh. Just a bunch oh. of kids. Oh, my God. <laughs> all right. That's the movie. Well, thank you for that delightful summary. Um, You're welcome. So without further ado, let's get into it, shall we? So. Tell us about, when did this movie come out? Well, you already it said. came out in 1985. I got a bad brain. All right. I'm going to get into some pre-production here. There's not a lot uh, before we get into the actual production. I'll start stomping my feet when I get bored. Please don't. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so Steven Spielberg, who produced this movie with his production company, Amblin Entertainment, came up with the original story called The Goon Kids, which he gave to Chris Columbus, who we mentioned in the Gremlins episode, if that name sounds familiar, because he wrote the screenplay for Gremlins. Mm -hmm. Amblin Entertainment was also involved with that. Yep. So Columbus took this story and then he based it off of his own childhood in Ohio, where he would run around with his friends, and the movie was originally going to be set in Ohio. Not, not based on... Living with rats this time? Nope, that was the gremlins that yeah. he did that for. But yeah, it was originally going to be in Ohio. They changed it to Oregon. There isn't a big much difference. <laughs> it's lame. Okay, there isn't much in the way of script history that I could find, other than that the original ending was that Mike and his family go back home, and their maid Rosalita finds the bag of jewels in his laundry. Uh, but they changed it so you can see all the kids reunite with their family, not just Mike, and so you could see that big send off of One Eyed Billy ship into the sea which by the way they don't stop at all they just like watch it go and i'm like you know how much money is on that fucking thing exactly how much history well okay who cares about history or anything like Uh, that it belongs in a museum and belongs in a museum um i did see something mentioned that the script went through a bunch of revisions and last minute changes right up until filming but that was only like in one source that i could find so i'm not sure how accurate Mm. that is but apparently the the uh the cast didn't really know fully what the story was until they were basically on set I mean, but again not sure how accurate that piece of information is lie to you i know right so we have a script let's get some kid actors shall we we All have right. sean astin as mikey looking into sean astin i never realized that his mother was patty duke an oscar golden globe and emmy winning actress <laughs> nepotism didn't know that at all anyway this is his film debut and he got the role of mikey kind of by just doing okay in his audition honestly okay. A couple of years ago in lockdown, Sean Astin actually posted his original audition tape that you can watch. You can find it online. Um, He flubs his lines right away. He's super nervous and he's kind of like joking. And according to an article that I read, apparently Spielberg left like (laughs) after he had messed up. I'm like, that would ruin me if I was doing an audition. It's not like the E.T. audition where the kid... He's like, no, he's mine. You can't take him. He's mine. He's mine. And Spielberg's like, you got the job, kid. <laughs> no, Spielberg this one left. He walked out. Yeah, and like that would destroy me as a potential actor. Just Spielberg just like leaving the room. Anyway, he still got the role. 
But you can find his audition online. It's very cute. You gotta pee. Next up, we have Josh Broland, who plays... Do- Brolin? I re- yeah, because he plays Brand. I stuck the D from Brand onto Brolin. I apologize. Is Brand um, the brother? Mm-hmm. The okay. older brother. This is another actor making his film debut. Miles, who's Josh Brolin? Older brother. He's a... Uh, He's Llewellyn from Moss no country. from Yeah. The main oh, guy. Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As I saw, I heard the ticker. <laughs> um, he's Llewellyn Moss? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's all grown yeah. up. He's also Thanos. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh-huh. Really? Yeah. Um, so his father, James Brolin, was a prolific actor. He still is. He's, he's been alive. looking after the gems for a while now, then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Wow, he's really been ever since eighty five. Yeah, kept the whole yeah. of them. So this, yeah, this was his film debut. Same as Sean Astin. He had acting parents. He had attended film academy workshops, taken private acting lessons leading up to what would become his breakout role. He's quoted as saying, quote, this agent started sending me out, but I was so bad and I was told I probably shouldn't do this and that that just because my dad was an actor didn't mean I was going to make it. It was horrible. On probably the 300th interview, this thing happened with Richard Donner and Steven Spielberg. Nice. Um, Okay, next up we have Corey Feldman who plays Mouth. Fuck you. <laughs> he had worked with both Spielberg and Chris Columbus for Gremlins. Mm-hmm. He's, he's in Gremlins. He's the boy in that. He's not the not the main. He's the little boy. Yeah, he's yeah, the little boy. He just sort of tags along. Oh. He had met Steven Spielberg even earlier, though, um, where Spielberg had promised him a spot on E.T., which it was originally supposed to star two friends that discover the alien together, but they changed it to be more of a family movie than just like a buddy film. So what was his role got turned into Drew Barrymore's the Gertie, little the little sister. No, you're not going to take him. He's <laughs> mine. He's mine. Uh, but because of that, because Spielberg had promised him E.T. and then they changed it, Spielberg then promised to put him in the next film, which Feldman did not believe. But then he gave him Gremlins. And then the year after, we have The Goonies. He was a goon. He was destined to be a goon from the very beginning. Uh, this story, by the way, is from Feldman's mouth himself in this podcast that I listen to, which I would highly recommend to you guys. It's called Life is Short with he Justin Long. sounds a Long. lot like you. It does come from his mouth, right? Yeah, he sounds a yeah. lot like you. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, go listen to Life is Short <laughs> with Justin Long. Out. That episode with Corey Feldman's really great. It's got a lot of other stuff out there, too. Mm. Uh, next up, we have Jeff Cohen, who plays Chunk. So Jeff Cohen had done a couple of tiny like one-off episodes in TV shows. Uh, he had been cast as Chunk, but right as filming began, he got chicken pox. So he was so scared that he was going to lose the role that he still showed up to set and didn't tell anybody that he had chicken pox. So if you look really closely during the truffle shuffle scene, you can see some fading chicken pox marks on his belly as he does the bit. Uh, yeah. Next up, we have... Did you, wait, hold real quick. Did you ever have chicken pox? Mm-hmm. Did you? I don't know. Maybe when I was Me, little? my twin, and my brother all got it at the same time when we were little. Oh, chicken pox party. Mm-hmm. We had it, like, on our tongues and stuff. Like, it was bad. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Tongue I don't pox. remember it. Hmm. So, ain't no We thing. serve tongue here. <laughs> you boys like tongue? Next up, we have... Ki. Ki. Hoi. What? Come on, my boy. Data. 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 He makes that correction in the movie. This... Also, was not Ki Hoi Kwan's first movie, or even his first Spielberg movie, because a year earlier, he had been cast as Short Round in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Spielberg had said that for his data audition, he just took the room by storm, and because he liked him so much, he cast him. He just they, really liked him. He crushes it. Yeah. He's my yeah. favorite of the cast. I saw, this has like nothing to do with Goonies, 
I saw a post on like Instagram or something that was like, this motherfucker, Ki Hui Kwan, is looking absolutely fire in a suit. He's canonically in the Indiana Jones universe, mm-hmm. and he's coming back for round two. He should just be the next Indiana Jones. I mean, yeah. obviously, he wouldn't be Indiana Jones. He'd be short round. You know, it, it was funny watching. We just we actually watched Temple of Doom after the last Goonies. night with the Goonies. Oh, yeah. yeah, we did a um, little Ki Hoi Kwan double feature. And Ooh. they repeatedly throughout the movie do bits of him copying Indy yeah. and trying to be like him. And I was like, it almost feels like, yeah, it's like setting him up to be I'm just. I'm saying, like, like Indiana Jones. If you're uh, no, producer, dude, that spot is reserved for Shia LaBeouf. Actually, Shia LaBeouf can eat my butthole. <sighs> Shaved it just for him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So for the Fratellis, we have Robert Davy. Davy. It's D A V I as Jake Fratelli. Mm. He had played a lot of gangster-like characters in shows and movies. He kind of has a relatively impressive resume because he shared the screen with people such as. I don't know, maybe you've heard of him. Frank Sinatra, Marlon yeah. Brando, Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood, I have heard of. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Benicio Del Toro, Bruce no. Willis. Yes. But what secured the role for him was the banter that he and Joe Pantoliano, who plays Francis, the brother with the hairpiece, okay. they did a joint audition and their banter sold them to Donner and Spielberg. They also apparently did not get along together at all on set, which I think really? just kind of helps their bickering and their fighting. Um, and then lastly, we have Sloth, who is played by... What about the mom? So that's Anne Ramsey. Um, I couldn't find much in the way of like how she got the role or whatever, but I know that two years later, she, or the next year, no, two years later, she did get an Oscar nomination for okay. Best Supporting Actress, so she's pretty good. Um, but anyway, so for Sloth, we have the actor and football player, John Matusak. He was a six foot seven oh, inch Matusak. tall... Matusak. Oh, I sat on my two-sack. <laughs> oh, God, they hit me in the two-sack. Oh, I'm going to be sick. <laughs> All right, so he was six foot seven. He was a defensive end who had won two Super Bowls with the Raiders, which is why I think at some point he's wearing a Raiders shirt. He had done a few roles before. He was kind of typecasted as a tough guy. He fit perfectly for this role. Um, and apparently he was just like a real gentle giant of a man. He was really nice. Oh, that's nice. Uh, and then to quickly just cover some of the background extras. Uh, they are played by family members or just crew themselves. So kind of jumping a little bit ahead to the end of the movie, but the man who plays Mouth Father is... The plumber. This, yeah. Uh, that was the cinematographer, Nick McLean. Several other fa- family members were played by the actual actor's real-life family. So Chunk's mom was played by his mother. Mm. A stuntman named Ted Grossman played the dead FBI agent in the freezer who Stefan pointed out is very much alive as they move him back. And like, he's just walking. <laughs> he's like shuffling. <laughs> he's like shuffling, pretending to be dead. And then um, the director, Richard Donner, and one of his assistant directors are police officers um, on the ATVs on the beach at the end. Oh, okay. Yeah. What about Well, What did he say? I don't know. I, think, I don't think so. I'll fucking die for that man. When they're when, when they're he's on, hugging his, I'm sorry to cut you off, but when he's hugging his son, he's like, my, "You're my greatest invention." invention. Oh, very sweet. He, he goes, and a camera little comes out. He goes, he goes, and then he goes, and all the film falls out. And then they stop rolling, and they're like, "Dude, you dropped the ball again." Like this. I was gonna say when they roll up in the ATVs, they see something like, "Well, I'll be damned." There's those goon kids, something like that. Yep. That's all. All right, so production began on October 22nd, 1984. There's those goobers, that's what he says. (laughs) 
with basically anything that's not in the tunnels filmed on location in beautiful Astoria, Oregon. Astoria! It was also shot almost entirely in order. Anything underground was filmed on sound stages at Warner Bros. with Wanted Willie's giant pirate ship being filmed on stage 16, which is one of the largest sound stages in the U.S. I was going to say, because that is huge. It's fucking massive. massive. Mm-hmm. And they, wait, did they flood it? Yeah, they used uh, 900,000 gallons of water for this set, for this production in total. And then the final scene where One-Eyed Willie's ship sails off was filmed at Goat Rock State Park in Sonoma County here in California. Now, Stefan and I have been to Astoria, mm-hmm. and we've seen some of the locations they filmed at, which was super cool. It is wonderful there. We went in 2021 for Valentine's Day little weekend. It was How amazing. Cute. Yes, we went to... It was very funny. Um, they have a little, like in quotes, film museum at the jail where the okay. movie opens. Yeah. Um, and we were at a library before we went and we were like talking to the person working there. It wasn't a library. It was a bookstore. Book Same thing. And we we're like, oh, we're going to go over to the 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 jail things in the museum. And they're like, oh, let me see who's there. And then she called the phone. And was like, hey, Ted, you there over at the jail? I got two people here. I want to come see the, the movie stuff. And they're like, yep, okay, send them over. And we went yeah. over. So, yeah, you can go to the jail that is featured at the very beginning. They they have all the jail cells. They have, like, a cardboard mm-hmm. cutout of, like, Jake, of Jake's body. And you can still see the sign that says, you schmuck, do you really think I'd be stupid enough to kill myself on the pipe? I, th- I believe, if I remember correctly, they have Data's backpack or, like, a replica of it. Um, there's also, in the building, there's a room with, like, a car and a green screen. And you can, like, film your own little scene in it. And they have movie posters of other movies that have been filmed in Oregon, mm-hmm. like Stand By Me. Twilight, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and Animal House. One of those is my favorite film of all time. Take a guess. So Stand By Me? Yeah. It's a good movie. Of all time? It's up there. I mean, I have a, I have a film still of Stand By Me. It is of a pretty all great time? movie, yeah. Well, okay, I don't know what's going to come out in the future, <laughs> Stephen. Ter- I'm interrogating. <laughs> so far, it's up there, yeah. All right, so Mikey's House is a real house in a story you can find. It was already in a pretty rough condition, so it was kind of perfect for the movie, and the crew asked the owners for permission, and basically they worked out a deal where in return for using it for the movie, they would restore the house. So the owner was like, sweet, yeah, free renovations, hell yeah, go for it. And funnily enough, just this past December, it was recently bought for $1.7 million by a lifelong Goonies fan, whose friend also bought the house next to it for $550,000. Just two yeah. goonies. Five hundred fifty thousand dollars. Half a million. You know, okay. One, two okay, well, two things. Imagine someone comes to your house and they're like, hey, your house looks like shit. It would be absolutely perfect if we could film here. And you mm. just gotta be like, Thank you. That's like when they cast someone as like the you know, the fat, ugly person. <laughs> yeah. Where there's like, there, there's like two dia- two lines of dialogue where they're like, hey, fatso. And you're hey, like, you yeah. fat piece of garbage. <laughs> fuck your your character so gets made fun of for being fat. Oh, do they like, you know, get accepted in the end? No. <laughs> it's funny. Like, All right, cool. But, you know, it could just be my California, Silicon Valley origins. Not a lot of money. You tell me they bought a house for half a million. I would fucking kill to buy a house for half a mil. I'm out here spending <laughs> 2.5 on just some random fucking I'm house. I'm out here spending eight bucks on eggs. <laughs> <laughs> We're out here. You know the prices of gas? Oh, I'm out here. You're not out here. Okay, okay, okay. You don't know. I know. Okay. 
but in articles you can find on this, it really just seems like the people who bought these two houses, their intention is to preserve the buildings and celebrate the Goonies. And they said they're really excited to just kind of be a part of the community, which I thought was cool. They have a zipline? They should. They should. Yeah, that'd be pretty sick. That'd be pretty sick. Okay, moving on. <laughs> the museum that his father works at is the Captain George Flavel House Museum, which it used to belong to George Flavel, a maritime pilot who became one of the first millionaires in the area. This house museum is like a square block. It's like massive. It is super huge. It's super fancy. It's not featured for very long in the movie, but there's that. They also use the Oregon coast in some locations a little bit further away from Astoria. So the rock that they use at the beginning when they're using the key and lining. Yeah, they're lining everything up. Um, That is filmed in Cannon Beach. And then the uh, Ecola State Park where they bike to at the beginning too, that's also near Cannon Beach. But pretty much everything else is filmed like in Astoria. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, now that I've gone way too far in depth on that. Oh, one last thing. In Astoria, if you drive up towards Long Beach, um, you can see Jake the Alligator Man. He is my husband and wife. We are due to be wed once I die. Um, I love Jake. I wish I could take him with me. Yeah, there's a little community free museum or something like that in Long Beach. Just, it's just Jake, across Look up Jake the Alligator Man. He's a little shriveled up thing and he's got a head and arms but he's got like the body of a mermaid and he's like dry oh jake i, I know what you're talking <laughs> about yeah. alligator you can get bumper stickers that say i break for jake and stuff it's also break he's a jake. handsome it's, boy. there's also a lighthouse nearby called cape disappointment mm-hmm. oh it's definitely it's perfect for you mm-hmm. we've been there but anyway it's a really cool area um was it a disappointment no it was pretty cool no Dan, my dad there. It's, it's, it's a memory I'm going to have in my head for my entire life. But anyway, we love Astoria, and it, so like this movie is just kind of special. But yeah, we saw a lot of the locations. It's a great little town. I really want to go back. Okay. Anyway, production lasted five months. So they shot in Astoria. They shot on the sound stages. They finished at the Goat Rock State Park. Goat Rock State Park. Um, and then they had six weeks of dubbing after that. So Richard Donner would be directing. He had also he kind of burst onto the scene because he directed the 1978 Superman. He also did the Lethal Weapon series and Scrooged, if you guys have seen that. Mm-hmm. Right. So Spielberg, although the producer is on set every day, but he's kind of n- notorious for being an extremely involved producer and kind of like mm-hmm. directing even when he's just producing. That's how he was on Gremlins. Yeah. And so in his book, There and Back Again, Sean Astin, who plays Mikey, said Spielberg and Donner were more like co-directors. Uh, Spielberg was much more experienced working with kids. Donner had like no experience and he didn't necessarily love it. And Spielberg obviously had already worked with Ki Hoi Kwan, so he already had a pretty good relationship with him. According to one of the articles I read, he also specifically is credited for directing the scenes where the kids are banging on the pipes and um, the wishing well scene. The Uh, only two scenes redeemable for mouth. The pipe scene was okay. Not as good as the pipe scene. As the Don't you wish Josh Brolin would bang on your pipes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but that's just say I do I do like Donner's style and how he approached directing all the kids. You can find a making of documentary on YouTube, which shows him kind of setting up shots and going in for like last minute notes. He's kind of like razzing the kids up. He goes pretty quick in his last minute notes where there's a, a scene that was deleted where they're in like a gas station kind of like convenience store. And he's running through things like really quick with Jeff Cullen. And I'm just it's like impressed that the kids remembered all that. But that just goes to prove like I could never be an actor. Anyway, this is what he said about working with kids. Quote, I think the uniquest part of working with kids with this many kids in a film is that every night I'm contemplating suicide. 
That is pretty. Well, I wouldn't say it's unique to working with kids, but um, yeah, sounds about right. It is the most difficult thing I ever thought I was going to get into. I never anticipated what it was going to be like because individually they're wonderful. They're nuts. They're the warmest, craziest things that have come into my life. But in, in a composite form, you get them all together and it's mind blowing. And yet it's probably the most gratifying experience. It's an odd sort of way. A lot of their energy and excitement is rubbing off on me and it's very, very, very gratifying. That's any of you who want to be a parent, be ready. Keep that in mind. Just imagine you're staring at like a group of kids and they're just, they're having fun. They're being kids. They're, you know, yeah, they're goofing off. But at the end of the <laughs> day, you they're, kill all, yourself. they're all hanging together. And in your head, you're going, hmm, I'm going to paint the Suicide fucking walls red. Painless. I'm going to paint the ceiling with my memories. Changes. I'm going to take a 12 gauge shotgun. I'm going to put it in my mouth. <laughs> I'm going to pull the trigger. And I won't have to see any of the little Spielberg fucking bastards again. He also said that Spielberg was the biggest kid of all on set and he was constantly coming up with funny like fun ideas on set donner was also apparently one for improv um he would make quick changes on the uh, on set for the script he would kind of add stuff in there are a couple of really cool moments that i thought he did for mikey's one-eyed willie speech when he's like reciting the story in the attic donner basically pulled sean Aston aside told him the story and then basically just said tell me it back do it so he, so Sean Astin didn't have it all memorized. He was just trying to remember the That's story. That's right. Felt so, so kid-like. Um, it didn't seem super rehearsed, which gives it a way more authentic delivery. Oh, there was, and, and 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 then and then he went this way, and then and then uh. Yeah, there were a couple like moments where it was like, oh, that's like such a kid thing to say, or mm. like kid way to phrase things. They also went yo a couple times. Yo, like, <laughs> like the Fratelli show up and they're just like yo, yo. Um, well, in the bit when he's talking to One-Eyed Willie. Before anyone else gets up and he's like, Willie, you're just like me for real, for real. And uh, I know you've been waiting for me. And then everyone turns their candles on at the same time. And it lights up the room. He looks over and they're all standing there watching him. It's like, how long have you been standing there? Long enough. Long enough. Yeah, that bit, I was like, you know, I understand (laughs) that One-Eyed Willie is the reason you're going to keep your house. But like, can you not be such a simp for him? Oh, my God. You're really not being in that Sigma grind set. I really <laughs> think Take you need yours. to watch Drive again. And one I really he like me for real. Okay, another moment that I think Donner did really well with was Jeff Cohen felt really embarrassed and he did not want to do the truffle shuffle. Mm. Which understandable? Yeah, it's, and I think uh, an act of humiliation, one might say. Yeah, I think also part of it was because he still had some like chickenpox marks too. So apparently the look on his face of like, I don't want to do it when Mouth asks him to do it, like are pretty genuine because he was dreading it. <laughs> he didn't resolve it at all. They just said, fuck um, up, kid. Well, to make him feel more comfortable, Richard oh, okay. Donner basically cleared the entire set. So like nobody was there to watch him do it, which I thought was very nice. I mean, I get it because imagine you're reading the script and you're like, haha, you're the fat kid. Do this thing. We're all going to laugh at you. Yeah. I'm not going to want to do it. Yeah. They do no. cut away from it pretty quick, though. Like, he's not doing the truffle shuffle on screen for very long because it cuts back to, like, the house and you can hear him still, like, making the noise of, like, like off screen, but you don't actually see it. So I feel like they handled it pretty well. If I was the director, I would do the truffle shuffle with him. Um, Okay. Anyway, I think, yeah, I think Donner handled the kids pretty well considering he didn't really have much experience working with the kids, didn't seem to love it, love it. Yeah, he only wanted to blow his brains out a couple times. He only wanted to kill himself. Yeah, I mean, but I think, Performance-wise, part of it also has to go to the kids, who I think do a pretty good job in this, in my opinion. Yeah. In the scene where Chunk is taken by the Fratellis and is confessing all of the bad things he's done and he's crying, so those are genuine tears because his method was he was thinking about his mom dying 
Oh, which is um pretty hardcore for a kid that age to feel like oh i have to get in a mindset i have to cry okay i'm gonna think about my mom dying real quick crocodile tears yeah <laughs> lupe antiveros who plays the housekeeper uh rosalita at the beginning so she spoke perfect english and she helped the screenwriters with the spanish things that mouth Ooh. says to her and then she like coached Corey feldman on his pronunciation so apparently his pronunciation is like pretty fucking good mm-hmm. well too bad because I'm a little weeb boy that learned Japanese and not Spanish. Helpful for all the uh, Japanese you see around here. Uh huh. Like, I'm out here going, Arigato. <laughs> Ohio. Konnichiwa. Yamate kudasai. Okay, moving on. Robert Davi. Davi. I'm sorry. I do not know how to pronounce his last name. So he, the guy who plays Jake for Telly. Uh, who sings? Yes, he improved his operatic singing at Chunk. Really? He's singing Madama Butterfly for anyone who knows opera or is interested. He also uh, was the one to suggest to Donner that Francis shoot the gasoline with the pistol at the beginning. So mm-hmm. he came up with that idea. Speaking of the Fratellis, Anne Ramsey, who plays Mama Fratelli, said of her character in that little making of documentary, she said, well, I'm just an ordinary nice mother of two extraordinary nasty boys. Um, <laughs> little stinkers extraordinary uh, and ex-cons mm-hmm. trying to and murder some kids davi also said that um so she's got a tattoo on her arm and he he just kind of came up with the backstory that she was in the navy and that's okay. where she got it um there's <sighs> okay. also a scene where she slaps jake really hard donner had just told her like yeah just slap the shit out of him mm-hmm. so that was a real slap Slapped nice and bitch. hard um but just in general it seemed like an environment where everyone was just kind of throwing ideas around and donna was happy to take or leave them kind of as they came as the day went on so i thought that was pretty cool i want to talk about the production design which is pretty cool very good yes Mm -hmm. so uh the production designer was j michael riva he killed it um i'm just going to kind of list off some things that i found about the sets and the props here it's not going to be totally coherent it's going to kind of be a list so like bear with me as i go through it okay for the map prop he ate it up he ate it up no he aged it up very well. Coffee. He, he did eat it Yes, up he too. used coffee. And then um, he was going to use red paint for the blood. But then the art department was out of red paint. So he just used his own blood. Hmm. That's another HR call. Tossing up the horns. Oh, yeah, so. That's metal. That's metal, 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 metal yeah, bro. So that's and that's just, also how we found out he had sickle cell anemia. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's just his blood on the map. One-eyed Willie's skull is made of real bone. Now, that's the phrasing I could find. So I don't think it's a skull because otherwise the phrasing would say it was a real skull. Skull what? They made said out it of was bone. real bone. What? So. What? I'm sorry. What possible other bone could it be? His <laughs> this skull. Doesn't make any sense. His skull. But don't you think they that used, the phrasing would have said it was used, a real skull? They used like three femurs to make a skull. <laughs> well, I don't know. Like <laughs> but there's no way. I know, right? But like, <laughs> yeah. why what? is that the phrasing? If they were like. Oh, yeah, they grabbed one of his ribs and they used real Maybe bone. Maybe like, like the okay, eye socket? It could have been. Because that was a weird thing, too, when they, they lift up his eye patch and you see that there's just bone where his eye is supposed to be. Yeah, so, so he, never had an eye. he never had an eye. And yeah. I was like, that's weird. <laughs> and the director kept it afterwards. Well, <laughs> Look at that prop. <laughs> uh, the oil that Data's like shoots out of his shoes yes. was a mix of glycerin, water, and food coloring. If okay. you're curious of how you'd like to recreate that. What does he call them? He calls them slick. Slick shoes? Slick Rick. I can't remember. 
um, for the scene where the bats fly in. <laughs> I want to so bad. The, I will say the bats looked the worst. Okay, the so if you bad. pay close attention, they're not they're not real bats. Um, I love in movies when the bats just sort of hover. <laughs> they just, they like, just hover yeah. in someone's face. And they so, just, <laughs> um, yeah, clearly some of them were just like plastic bats on strings, but then the rest of it was just black paper mache that they just shot out of an air cannon. Yeah. Looking a little goofy, but you're looking like, a you know little what? silly. They should have just shot actual bats out of a cannon. <laughs> yeah, give all the kids actual rabies because yeah. you didn't know bats are nasty little creatures that they will give you diseases. Yep. Their poop gives you diseases. They give you diseases. When the kids go down the water slide before they like fall out the chute and then find the uh, ship, so it's an actual water slide that was. Connected. Was everyone okay on that? They kind of looked like. I don't know why I just had the vibe someone got hurt on that thing. No, you know, oh. I couldn't find like anything about Dude. any injuries on set, really. Okay. Holy shit. Okay. There was that one person who was just fucking like tossing and turning and doing like somersaults down it. That looked painful, though. In San Jose, there's a place called mm, Raging Waters. And I used to go there all the time when I was younger. And one of my favorite water slides was called the Shotgun, <laughs> which effectively is a water slide that ends way sooner than it should. So you just like... You go a little bit and then you fall effectively into the water. So when they were going on those water slides and it, you know, they like fall out and then they land into the water. I was like, oh, nostalgia. I want to do that. Anyway, water slides. Yes. So when the kids go down the water slide, it's an actual water slide that was uh, constructed by, I think it was called the Langford Surf Coaster Corporation. So it was like an actual company. They credit them at the end of the movie as well. Uh, and there's also kind of like a rumor that on some days, Richard Donner and the kids would sneak off and just go down the water slide at the end of the day, just for fun. Yeah, so that, the water slide sequence, as well as like the pirate ship, like I mentioned, used 900,000 gallons of water. Very blue water. Yes. Did they dye it? You know, I, I didn't see anything about that. Um, it, doesn't it look a little dyed? Yes. Um, I will say though, one eyed Willie was really a kid at heart. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> for the motherfucker to build a water slide in his little maze to get to his ship. And he's like, this will be fun. Well, and they said that they were down there for like five or six years. So yeah. that man probably was like, I'm going to go on the water slide today. <laughs> Wee! Uh, I've had such a hard day building death traps to murder oh, people. I'm going to go on the water slide. Time. Wee! Yeah. So speaking of One eyed Willie, let's talk about his ship, the Inferno. Okay. Shall we? It we was shall. a real ship that was constructed specifically for this production. It was 105 oh feet long. It took two and a half months to build <laughs> and used 7,000 square feet <laughs> yeah. of materials. 500 feet, that's not that. I mean, you could probably do the same with a smaller ship, I think. Uh, yeah, but it wouldn't be as cool. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, the, the Inferno was designed to resemble one of Errol Flynn's ships from the 1940 film, The Seahawk. Once production wrapped, the ship was kind of just like offered like, oh, can we use this for another production? Does any does anybody want it? Nobody would take it, so they just had to like demolish it. But uh, parts of it were used to refurbish the parts of the Caribbean ride in Disneyland. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Wow. Um, and so the thing about the Inferno is that Richard Donner did not let the kids see it at all during production. Mm, right. So he's quoted as saying, I never let the kids see the boat. They were banned from the stage from day one, from the start of its construction. And then the day when the day where they're supposed to come out of the chute, hit the water, and turn around and see the boat for the first time, I brought them all in, not blindfolded, but with their backs to the camera. They all knew what they were going to see, but they had no idea what it was going to look like. And so on film, when they turn and see the boat for the first time, basically it's their reaction. 
Um, however, take one, Josh Brolin cursed and they had to do it again. What did he say? I think he said, holy shit. I, no, but yeah. they say that word a lot. Um, we're going to talk about the cursing a little bit. But yeah, they reshot it. Apparently, just some of the kids were also just like super overwhelmed because it was just a massive ship in front of them. But yeah, so it's pretty much their... Well, I mean, it is a pretty fucking cool ship. Mm-hmm. So after that moment when they see the ship, they shot a scene where the kids are attacked by a giant octopus. Okay. So yeah, it, it unfortunately ended up getting cut. So the you can you can find this uh, scene online. You can Google it. And Steph and Mouth get attacked by the octopus. Uh, and Data shoves like a radio into its mouth and like closes its little beak, which I think it just like drives the octopus insane. And then the octopus lets them go. And that's the thing. But there's also a song to go with it called Eight Arms to Hold You. Ooh. That also got cut. <laughs> um, but that's why at the very end... Um, Data mentions that the giant octopus was the scariest part. Oh. They kept that in, and that's why he says that. I thought he was just goofing because he's he was a just exaggerating. Guy. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it works, I think, in that regard because you could just be like, oh, he's just exaggerating at this point. But yeah, no, it was a scene that they shot. They just ended up cutting it. Oh. In the scene, the octopus does look kind of crusty, though, so. Did be looking kind of crusty? Yeah. Is that why they cut it? Because he's just. Maybe. Mm. I mean, it was like a two minute scene, so. Um, speaking of deleted scenes, there's a couple more. That you can, again, find online. I will be linking all of these in the uh, show notes if you guys want to go watch these deleted scenes. There's a scene where after the kids tie up Brand and bike away, they stop at a gas station where Troy, the bully, comes in and he actually lights the map on fire and pretends it's like a giant cigarette. And he just kind of like beats them up and then Brand comes in and like kind of tells him to fuck off. Mm. But that's why I think for part of the map has burns on it. It's like from that mm. scene. Another deleted scene that never made it in. <laughs> Which you boys will like this one. Oh. There's a subplot that when the kids bang on the pipes, they mess up like the town's pipes, I guess, and two gorillas escape from the local zoo. Yeah. <laughs> yes! 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 And they cut it and they cut the um, gorillas. And the gorillas steal a golf cart. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, is can we, can we find this? Yes. Yes. And yes. Yes. Um oh, and god, then, yes. After they steal the golf cart, they steal the bully, Troy's Mustang. And there's yeah. scenes of people in gorilla suits driving around in a car. God, this has been so good. <laughs> that just kept, so good. Just kept cutting away to nonsense. <laughs> it, it was like a whole plot, and they were going to keep following these gorillas, <laughs> and then they, they didn't do it. No! Uh, <laughs> no, I want the gorillas. Recut. The Goonies recut. The Goonies recut. Um, so you Release can, the gorilla cut. <laughs> you can find, I think it's it doesn't have any audio, but you can see these clips of these just gorillas driving around in a car. The last deleted scene, which I think would have made sense to keep in, which I liked. Um, the Goonies, I think they're in the attic before the adventure, and they say a little Goonie pledge. So they all kind of say it together, and it's, I will never betray my Goondock friends. We will stick together until the whole world ends, through heaven and hell or nuclear war. Good pals like us, we stick like tar. In the city or the country or the forest or the boonies, I am proudly declared a fellow Goonie. Um, so they all kind of say it together. In the making of documentary, I think they, like the whole cast and crew, also say it together, and they tell, I think Richard Donner or Spielberg, that they're one of them. It's... It's a nice little chant. Have little kids be like, yeah, through nuclear war. Well, I guess understand. It was just what they lived with. Oh, yeah. You see, now we just kind of live with the constant threat of nuclear war. (laughs) Yeah, not as much. So, shifting gears, let's talk about Sloth a little bit. There's a lot going on with him. He got dropped on his head a lot as a baby. One, One of the sins. 
Seven Deadly Sins. Mm-hmm. Sloth. So it took five hours to put his makeup and like the animatronic stuff and prosthetics on. Compared to some of the other things we've talked about, it's not crazy bad. Yeah, but it's still five but hours. But it's still, yeah, no, 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 yeah. no, no, it's still bad. Um, the eye that's lower and then the ears that wiggle. Mm-hmm. So those are controlled by a remote control off screen. When they had him blink, they basically would have somebody count down off screen, like one, two, three, so he could blink in time with the eye. Right. So you can see, I noticed at one time in particular, he's like looking off and I'm sure he's looking at the person counting down to make sure the blink is synchronized. Also, since it's electronic and he was wearing like a lot of makeup, anything with water, especially the pirate ship, they had to be super careful. Mm. And I think it was the scene where Sloth had jumped into the water and he's like going up to the to the kids. Mm. And Donner told the kids, like, be careful of his makeup. Like, takes five hours to Don't do. Touch his head. They like called action and the kids immediately got him wet. There's a there's a video, again, I will be linking this, where you can see him um, put on the makeup for it. Matuzak put on the prosthetics and stuff. Donner is saying, like, oh yeah, he was such a gentle giant. The kids went up and ruined the makeup, and Matuzak just like turned to him and was like, "Do I have to do it again?" And Donner was like, "Yeah," and he was like, "Okay, back to makeup." And he had to go oh, sit for another like soldier. three hours to like get it fixed. Soldier um, trooper. But at one point, they did get the elect- the kids got the electronics wet, and they had to shut down production for a week. A week? Yeah. <gasps> they have a backup? I guess not. I don't know. But yeah. So the with the I, I'm understanding the contemplating suicide now. <laughs> Yeah. Um, with the kind of headpiece that he was wearing, the the mouth, his actual mouth ended up being like an inch back <laughs> in, in the prosthetic, deep, like oh. with the fake teeth and all that stuff. So he couldn't like eat anything on set. So apparently he just drank like a lot of milkshakes because he could like have a straw. But yeah, yeah, his like his like actual mouth is like really far back in there because he's got well, like the fake got, gummy teeth. In you front. got a bod like that. You you can afford to have a few milkshakes. When you got such a tight body bod in a goofed up head. Was his head fucked up just from being dropped? I mean, that's what they say. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, yeah, he was just like really cool about having to wear all the makeup and apparently was really nice. Hmm. But yeah. I want in the Goonies too, um, Chunk and his family has, you know, taught sloth and he's like really sophisticated. And he's like on the cover, of like sports magazines. He's wearing and like stuff. glasses, and he's a professor somewhere. Yeah, and he's like a professor, but he's also like this really fit guy. And he's just well spoken. Love to see it. Anyway, moving on to music. I know Miles, you have mentioned, I think maybe in the year interview, that music isn't something that initially stands out to you. Yes. Um, but I will say, after looking into the music for this, I was like, I didn't realize how much I had not paid attention to the music in this movie, really. So a lot of the music was just like the ship, influenced by Errol Flynn movies. And they used old compositions from the 1948 movie Adventures of Don Juan. And to add to the Flynn references, Sloth is watching old pirate movies. On the Inferno, he slides down the sail. So, yeah. Yeah. As for the soundtrack, we have Ario Speedwagon. We've got the Bangles. Mm-hmm. Cindy Lauper makes an appearance, if you notice. Good um, enough for you. Um, before they go on their adventure, they're watching the TV and a music video of hers comes on. The music video is called The Goonies Are Good Enough, which is a 12-minute long music video they shot six months after they'd wrapped. So it stars the Goonies, the kids, alongside Lopper. Spielberg also makes a cameo in it. So does Andre the Giant. Yo, Andre the mm-hmm. Giant. It's pretty bonkers. Oh. I really want to show you the video after we <laughs> finish like recording. It's not I it's not good. 
but it's just kind of crazy. Yeah. But because they filmed this after the movie, they had some other video going, and then they put it in in post-production. Maybe if you notice, when Data first appears and he's doing the zipline into Mikey's house, the James Bond theme plays. Mm-hmm. How did they not? How did they get the rights mm-hmm. to that? Because he, he makes a bunch of 007 references throughout the movie. He does. Yeah. What um, do they call him? They call him like 00 something. I think they call like, him 00 negative. Yeah, 00 negative. Yeah. And then he's like, no, I'm 007. Yeah. Um, so Spielberg was able to set up a trade with, are you ready for a funny name, boys? Albert Broccoli. Yeah. Oh, how? Oh, Stephen's most hated how? name. How is that a name? Um, he's the director of James Bond. So he <laughs> was able to get the 007 theme um, and basically let Broccoli use his Close Encounters of the Third Kind theme music for his upcoming movie, Moonraker. So they just kind of did a trade. Hmm. This movie has also inspired some other bands out there. So there's a Canadian rock band called Marianas Trench that have an album called Astoria. They released it in 2015, and it has a cover parroting the movie poster. Uh, the concept of the album also like kind of loosely follows the plot of the Goonies, and their tour for the album was called Hey You Guys. So pretty obvious. There's also a Scottish band called The Fratellis, named after the villainous family in this movie. Their debut album, Costello Music, came out in 2006, and I actually listened to that album like religiously when I was a kid. Oh. And I had made no connection of the band and the name of the villains in here, just because I was like, oh, it's just like a last name. Um, but yeah, I think they're good. So that's a fun fact. So yeah, we're 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 done filming, basically. Everything's gone pretty smoothly, minus a shutdown here and there for Sloth's makeup. Um, and you think everybody would be excited, right? Yes. Well, during the final week, Richard Donner was suddenly treated with just like the cold shoulder by like all of the kids. And he couldn't figure out why. And he was like, maybe they're upset that we're done filming. I don't know. Oh. Did I do something wrong? Oh. And then once they wrapped, he had gone home to Hawaii and Steven Spielberg had flown out the entire cast to his house to like celebrate and like throw a party. And so Spielberg had told the kids to act really mean towards Richard Donner so they like wouldn't ruin the surprise. Uh, And so they all just kind of like partied in Hawaii together afterwards. Hey, Chunk, and hey, all you kids, (laughs) I need you to bully this fucking nerd. I need you to kick him in the shins whenever you see him. And then the kids went, "Ah, okay. Kicking people in their shoes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yippee. Yippee. Okay, so Miles, you ask about the cursing. Yes. So this movie's rated PG. Okay. Aww. Despite That means you get one one fuck. Which they don't do. Did but they, they do say no, shit uh, twenty PG-13. times. PG thirteen in today's standards. Mm. You um, get one, I think it's gotta be non sexual too. Oh, so you're just like a yeah. fuck. Yeah, or like a F you, you know. Like. Yeah. Um but yeah, so shit is said. 20 times throughout the movie, but they strategically placed all the cursing where the background noise is really high. So mm-hmm. in case um, channels wanted to like show it, the mixer could just like up the background noise and cover it up. They said yeah. shit 20 times in like two hours. Mm-hmm. Amateur numbers. <laughs> I could say shit 20 times right now, right now in like a minute. Mm hmm. Um, but then, yeah, if you notice, Ki Hoi Kwan as Data only ever says holy S-H-I-T mm-hmm. because um, his mom had made him promise that he wouldn't curse in the movie. So that was how he mm-hmm. got around that. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so we're done. And the movie was released June 7th, 1985. The Goonies grossed $9 million in its opening weekend to a number two spot at the box office. And it grossed a total of $125 million globally and was one of the top 10 selling movies of the year. Do we know it was number one? The number one spot went to Rambo First Blood Part 2. It did really well, and its legacy lives on. It's considered, you know, a childhood favorite for so many people, whether they grew up with it, like, when it came out or, like, many years later. 
Now, for years, there have been rumors of sequels. Donner and Spielberg had both commented that it wasn't out of the question or like, I don't think it's going to happen or I guess it will happen. The main actors have also kind of said things all across the board. But um, since Richard Donner passed away, it doesn't it really seems not likely anymore. I don't think we need one, though. I know. Stands no, alone. Don't. I think please. Great. So please um, do not. I know the modern movie industry machine is is pumping out sequels like there's no goddamn tomorrow really they really are ideas. just finding every single thing that they can just original ideas don't exist anymore please for the love of god don't touch goonies not unless it's the gorilla cut yeah oh unless it's the gorilla cut then you release that shit right now unless it's a standalone movie with sloth and no one else but he's really smart and he's smart and he has to like um I don't know. He's caught in like the Civil War conflict or something. And, and he goes, I say. He goes, nuclear, <laughs> nuclear war. You simply bad. just don't have an inquisitive mind like I. What hey. do you mean they napalm the children? <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess the, the kids basically said that they weren't really interested in doing a sequel unless Richard Donner was involved. And so then once he passed, it's kind of like they're kind of like, nope, it's not going to happen. Over. And with that, before we get to trivia, I'm going to close out with this segment, which is where are they now? What are the Goonies well, up we to? Know where well, he Richard Donner yeah. is dead. Yeah. I was going to talk. Okay. So six feet under. All right. At so least. Sean Astin, who plays Mikey, he's gone on to have great success. Obviously, he was Samwise Gamgee in Lord of the Rings. Mm. And he's also, if you've seen Stranger Things, he's Bob Newby, who is in season two. Um, he's done some other things as well. But oh. He, 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 he dies. I didn't watch that. I did. We already kind of talked about Josh Brolin. You know, he was in our last episode with No Country for Old Men. He he's done mm. True Grit, Hail Caesar, as well with the Coen Brothers. He's Thanos. He goes, he's hey, in Sicario. Yeah, he played some weird purple guy who snaps. I yeah. don't know. I didn't watch it. Yeah, uh, he's but. in the new Dune movie, so you know he's he's done all right. Uh, next up, let's talk about Corey Feldman. Although Corey Feldman was one of the most popular kid actors in the '80s, unfortunately, he hasn't had as many roles later on in life. So a year after The Goonies, he'd appear in Stand by Me. A year after that, The Lost Boys in 1989, he was in The Burbs. He has since kind of, it seems he's turned a little bit more towards music. You can find performances of him in his band. He just kind of seems to be living his best life after, unfortunately, like battling addiction. And, you know, he's a huge advocate against child sexual assault and exploitation in the industry after he experienced that as well. Uh, but yeah, he just seems to be kind of chilling out. So good for him. Uh, next up, let's talk about oh, wow. Jeff Cohen, who plays Chunk. So shortly after this movie, he kind of like left Hollywood. Not completely, though. He left the limelight. He went to college. And then he became an entertainment lawyer. He's quoted as saying, It was fun being an actor, but by the time college rolled around, I was ready to try some new things. By the time I graduated, I realized I enjoyed having a normal life and I never went back. He oh, was also Ki Hoi Kwan's legal representative. Ooh, yeah. Hey. So they're still hanging out. Still buddies. And speaking How? of Ki Hoi Kwan, you already know who it is. Swaymond. Man. From Everything Everywhere All at Once. Has an Oscar nom now. Yeah. It's short round from Indiana Jones. Like, he's back. I'm so happy. He did, which is absolutely insane. You're gone from movies other than like, you know, stunt coordinator or something like that for years, like 20 Decades. plus years. Decades. You come back, Oscar nom. Yep. Pretty incredible. Very happy for him. Love that man. Then just some just random bits of trivia to throw in here. After they wrapped, Sean Astin got to keep the treasure map prop. Years later, his mom found it, thought it was trash, threw it away. <laughs> he was uh, very upset about it. Wow. <laughs> yep. That's pretty funny. Corey Feldman and Martha Plimpton, who plays Steph, did not get along together at all, which just kind of helps their performance, to be honest, because they're just like pissed off at each other the whole time. Uh, Sloth wears a Superman shirt, 
Mm-hmm. He does. Because Richard Donner had directed Superman. Yeah. So that's a little nod to him. And since Chris Columbus wrote Gremlins, a little mm-hmm. nod to that, if you caught that, was when Shunk calls the police and the officer reminds him that the last emergency he called was yeah, to little... report, quote, little creatures that multiply when you pour water on them, mm-hmm. which I implies that, that they happen in the same universe. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, the actor who plays Mr. Walsh, a man named Keith Wallace, fell in love with a story in Oregon while they were filming. Um, this was one of the last things, I think, actually, it was the last thing that he acted in. And then he would go on to write his only screenplay, Free Willy, which is set in the Pacific Northwest. Little, uh, little well-known movie, Free Willy. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing is that no one is credited as being the picture of Chester Copperpot at the beginning in that newspaper article. Is he an AI-generated um, man? But people believe it to be the actor Keenan Wynn. I was looking him up trying to figure out who that was. And then I, realized I knew his father father is edwin who plays uncle albert and mary poppins he's the voice of the original mad hatter so anyway any of you musical fans out there it's his son i guess potentially allegedly yeah everybody like he's i think his estate like denies it but like everybody kind of thinks it is him anyway that means he's real next up according to international maritime salvage law the rights to a salvage vessel and its contents go to the person or persons who first successfully bring something off the vessel since Mikey brought the jewels off the ship, the Inferno and technically everything on it belongs to him. Holy If shit. they catch the ship or if they just if let they, it go out in the ocean. Head cannon, Mikey becomes fucking baller rich. Mm-hmm. And they all baller live together rich. in a hella nice mansion and mm-hmm. have sleepover. Mm-hmm. And then they fund a coup in South America. Uh-huh. And they do a little something. Why did that, why did that pop in your head? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so to celebrate its release, every 7th of June in Astoria, Oregon is officially Goonies Day. So the mayor of the town declared it kind of like a holiday and especially on like anniversaries, 30th, 35th, 40th, like that kind of stuff, like well, when it hits 40, a lot of people come flock to the town and go visit all the locations. They did have to take measures of like staying away from the the Walsh residence because people live there and right. a lot of people would like just go right up to it and be like, well, this is where Mikey Walsh lived. And they'd have to be like, please get off my property. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then the last thing I will say is that the shipwreck that inspired the Goonies was found last summer in Astoria, Oregon. Oh, shit. Yeah. A 17th century shipwreck, or I guess pieces of the ship, I should say, were found by a local beachcomber who like kind of knew a lot about it, knew that it was in the area. And then experts dated the pieces of wood that he found because he found kind of like posts and they realized it was legit. Um, so it's a Spanish galleon called the Santa Cristo de Burgos, which crashed after not being able to correct its course near the coast um, due to the winds. And it had been so well preserved because the water isn't as salty there because the Columbia River is right nearby. So that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. So I think that's like still ongoing. But yeah, so the the actual ship that inspired it was found recently, which is just real neat. So with that, that is a neat factoid. That is pretty cool. all of that, I'm going to turn it over to you boys. Thoughts? All right. Give me your thinkies. I need a little bit of thinkies too. I need to be. I need to uh, activate uh, thinking.exe. It's a little dial up joke for you. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, this was your first time seeing it, correct? This, is my, this was my first time seeing it. What are your thoughts? As far as uh, adventure, kid adventure movies go. I am a slightly more bigger fan of Stand By Me because I think there's a little bit more character development throughout the film. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, but does it have uh, One-Eyed Willie? 
It and doesn't, doesn't have, have two cut gorillas. It doesn't have two cut gorillas or Josh Brolin banging on my pipes. I was going to say kids kissing. Okay. It doesn't have Ki Hui Kwan in it, which is a big upset for standby. Mm. Or standby. Yeah, standby. Boo-womp. Boo-womp. I will say, however, I have lived in a world that has idolized the Goonies. Yes. It, it is a classic. I go to Target and I go to their Funko Pop section and without a missed step, there's always something Goonies related over there. You go to the there. Funko Pop section in Target? I like to go to Target and look around for fun because I'm a, I'm a Zoomer. Well, I'm no, a white you, Zoomer. You specifically said the Funko Pop section. Yeah, well, they're in the what, Funko Pop section. What, are you a Redditor? <laughs> There's other stuff over there. It's actually not my favorite section. My favorite section is the Lego section. Yeah, like, best duh. section. But all to say I have lived in a world that has idolized the Goonies. And while I can't say it's the best movie ever and I'm going to go out and buy Goonies merch. It was a movie. I liked it. You I know, didn't look at my phone the entire movie. Mm. I did pause it a couple times because I was making dinner, but I feel like that's fine. Yeah, I will say, I remember before I had seen it, I was kind of in a similar position where it was like, everyone talks about it's a cult movie, so I was like kind of resistant to it. Yeah. It's just like, oh, oh. however, when I saw it, it was in Astoria. and uh, Was that the first time you had seen it when we were there? Yes. Astoria, oh. fucking got yep. him. And I had a very special magical time there. And so I associate this movie with those good times. So it, this movie is special to me, but in a different way. I like it that much. The story is really beautiful. I like it. I've never, you know, I, it was the first time I'd like gone to a place and then left it. And it was just kind of like, wow, it like, it like stole a part of me. You know, like I feel like I'm less whole than I was when I was there. Yeah. We went on a little hike while we were there. And um, so it was like Valentine's weekend, and there was, yeah, ooh, and um, get a room. there had been like flash freezing. And so we went on this little uh, hike to go see, I think it was like a tree or something. Yeah. And the ice had like frozen around the branches, like completely. And then while we were there, it started like thawing. And so just chunks of ice were falling from the sky and like oh hit, hitting our heads ice. as we were hiking. So we had to take shelter in the tree. Yeah. So we were hiding in the tree watching just chunks of ice oh fall God. from the sky. It was really that's cool. Kind of fun, it was though. magical. It was a very unique experience. But yeah, love Astoria. Yeah. And watching it just made me want to go back again. So good vibes. Yeah. yeah. So I, I yeah, just. So, oh, this, I'm sorry. Go ahead. This, just, this movie is already because of that. A step up just in the sense of I have good connections with it. I watched it alone in my apartment. Yeah. <laughs> I had seen it. I It wasn't like one of my favorites as a kid, but I'd seen it. A, a I, I had like beforehand. seen, you know, parts of it here. I never like sat down and watched it start to end. It was something like where it's on TV and I caught a part of it. And then, you know, a year later, I caught another part of it. And then I saw the end, you know, so it's like I had the pieces. But yeah, I think mm-hmm. um, at least for me. Yeah, obviously to be super cheesy, sharing that Valentine's Day weekend with Stefan just makes this movie mm-hmm. more special. Mm-hmm. But I do think it's just yep. a really fun time. And it, it also kind of showed that kid led adventures could appeal towards adults as well. Because this was kind of a movie that was marketed in in a way that yeah it wasn't just for little kids to see it was for families and the parents enjoyed it as well. Goonies, Stand by Me, Sandlot, three kid movies that um, adults. Like. I don't see Super Eight anywhere on that list, dude. Super Eight. Do you know Super Eight? J.J. No. Abrams. It's like a. It's like from 2008 <laughs> or something like that. It came and went. 
Um, yeah, it's, I think it's a fun, good movie. You know, it, yeah, you can see that Spielberg charm in it. You know, it's got that that mm, yeah that that spirit that he conveys. It's a fun time. I don't think it's like you know high cinema or anything like that, but it's a it's a jolly old romp. It is a jolly old romp. I think the point is entertainment, and boy howdy, I was entertained. And boy uh-huh. howdy, was my jolly old romp entertained. There was one moment that really got me this time around for some reason. Oh, yes. Which, <laughs> which this is such a specific moment where Chunk has been taken by the Fratellis and he he's told them everything and they are like, okay, go tie him up with um, Sloth. Mm-hmm. And he... He's they're they're talking cream. and he ducks down and he's eating ice the the pint of ice cream, and then Jake takes away the pint he, and then he like, like struggles for it. He like struggles for it and Chunk is like holding onto the ice cream so tightly and he, and he rips the pint away and he's like holding onto the spoon and Jake's trying to take the spoon and he like licks yeah. it and then he just goes ah and then it cuts really <laughs> it hard cuts and right fast. as he's like about to start crying. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, was it just because I watched it? With AMC Plus, and it had a lot of like fade to blacks. Is it not supposed to have a lot of fade to blacks? I don't remember any. <laughs> there was multiple times. I don't. I don't. I, th- I think there were some. Because I don't think you would have seen a version that was like made for TV or yeah, something. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe I also could just not remember the fades. But yeah, I think you know, there's not a deeper meaning per se in this movie. That we can like examine and pull apart like we could with No Country for Old Men. No, it's it's, it's just a fun, it's fun, entertaining movie, and uh, I really like it. So, yeah, should I'm, we I'm give ready. it a rating? I'm looking at. What do you guys think? Uh, I'm going to give it eight little boy hands inside a blender out of ten. I like it. I think it's a fun romp time. I have a special connection to it. The production is fun. The effects are cool. It's memorable. You know, that's something to consider when rating movies. Is will you remember it? Yes. Mariah has her headphones behind her ears and she looks like Dewey Cox from Malcolm in the Middle. Miles, look at her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, Miles, do you know what you know it or do you want me to do it? I like it. I think it's a good movie. Uh, not the classic that maybe, you know, some of the other kid movies I have watched would have been. I will give it a, let's go with Seven Pinchers of Peril out of 10. Mm, nice. Oh, right on the balls, too. Right yeah. on the balls. Right on the the just the, the testicles. And, uh, is, right on the both of crushing it. He he would have died. He would have died. He, uh, he actually would have he died. He would have actually like stabbed to death by the fucking spiky things. Yeah, yeah. If it was anybody else, there would be a dead it's kid fate, down dude. there. Yeah. That's the bigger meaning. Uh I think yeah, I pretty much agree with you guys. Same as Stefan. Holds, holds a special place in my heart because of Stefan. And I think it's really fun. I don't think it tries to take itself too seriously. You're not supposed to. And mm. it's just a jolly old time. And so for that reason, I'm going to give it eight gorillas stealing cars out of ten. Oh, what a and I will show you guys dream. that. Uh, what happened to the other two gorillas? There's only eight of them out of ten that are stealing cars? What, what, did they get shot? Sure. The other two are on a romantic date in it really seems South like America. If I need a movie to be special to me, I just have to watch it. I should watch Boss Baby with my future girlfriend. Do it. I, I can tell you right now, that's got a special place in my heart, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Miles, what's, what's our next episode going to be? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Animal crackers in my soup. You guessed it. 
it's Shirley Temple. The box set that I got. <laughs> the entire box set of <laughs> Shirley Temple. Now, now in color. Ads. Yeah. Now in color. Now in color. There's like no. eight DVDs or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Buckle up. This is going to be a five-part series. Every Shirley Temple movie. Didn't she go on to be like a UN ambassador or something uh, like that? I, have I think no you're idea. right. Yeah, that is ringing a weird mm. bell. Anyway, sorry. What's the but, next one? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a drink after her. Yes, the, yeah, Shirley Temple is a drink. They're tasty. Mm-hmm. Got cherries in it. Uh, the next movie is going to be Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Who? That the is closest a fun one. We've come I'm to an animated movie. Your brother, it just like this. Oh, you guys peaked the fuck out of that. Yeah. We're going to be talking. I don't kill my brother. We're going to be talking about acting animation we're gonna be talking about animation rabbits rabbits hot women uh hot women white bob hoskins going insane bob hoskins going insane hats hats bullets bullets guns guns, tons of bullets we're gonna be talking about animatronics acid acid we're gonna be talking colors colors shapes shapes yeah we're gonna be talking about legal battles lean oh yes 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 i know a little bit i'm not I'm going to leave it to you, Mario. We should talk, talk about, about uh, Richard Williams. Richard Williams, I think is his name. How to track characters before computers exist. Mm-hmm. Well, they existed, but they weren't good. That's, yeah, we're going to be watching Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And talking I'm about super it. excited. It's going to be a good one. Cool. All right. Well, in the meantime, you can find us on social media at The Takes It Took on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to shoot us an email, any corrections, any comments, you want to suggest a movie to us, go ahead and give us give us a little email over at thetakesitook at gmail.com. But until we see you guys in the next episode, stay safe, have fun, watch movies, and um, go find a, a treasure map and go find mm. some gold. Oh, oh, you guys need to find a treasure map? Yeah. Oh, well, I have one right here. At- oh, God. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's funny. I was just going to tell him you could, um, you know, text any of your inquiries to... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. Bye. 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 You guys have got to stop doxing yourself. <laughs> it's going to slip through one of these days. Bye.